Hey everybody, it's Luke and uh, we're back with another uh, component to the challenges of running Boston and training for Boston. And so the third part is uh, really kind of moving away from the training aspect and getting into uh, the race itself, in particular, uh, the potential weather, right? And uh, I actually just did a, uh, a little interview with uh, the Boston Buddies Facebook group and we were talking about a lot of the same stuff, and I think it's uh, I think it's pertinent as we start thinking about Boston training and and uh, and then the race itself. So uh, you have you have some different issues. The first the first one is really from the time of year that Boston is, and then the second part being just the start and finish locations, right? So if you're in Hopkinton, you're essentially 26 miles outside of the city, and so you're going from inland to coast. And uh, it can be some pretty significant differences in weather. Um, and so I really want to just touch on those things real quick. So first, first off, you have the potential weather. You know, in a, in a dream year uh, in 2011, let's just say, uh, you get solid temps and, you know, a huge tailwind. I, I wrote 30 miles an hour. I don't know if it was 30 miles an hour or went, but I remember standing at the 5K mark um, and I was actually on the phone with Coach Mike Morgan and we had some guys running in the race. My wife was running in the race. And uh, you could see the leaves blowing past the runners from from as it, from a tailwind aspect, right? And it was just blowing them along the course. It was a it was a fast year. And I think it was represented because I think 203 won Boston, which is much faster than other years. Uh, it was actually world's best. Uh, I think Ryan Hall ran 204 that day. Um, a lot of people set lifetime bests on a course that's fairly tough, uh, and uh, and they haven't matched those since. So, um, this is you know you get a fast year. And I'm not blaming anybody because every <laughs> if you're running, that's what you want, right? Like you want that dream year, but um, you know that doesn't happen very often. But you know the the thing is, however the weather is, it's going to affect people differently, right? So um, you could have and in, in, you're talking mid-April for Boston, so you, you're at a time of year in a part of the country where, you know, you could get a nor'easter snowstorm or you could have it be 85 degrees, and it's been both for those races at different, you know, obviously different years, but it, you'll have one year that it's freezing and you'll have other years that it's incredibly warm and and um, will be a, a, a race of attrition for, for a lot of people in those warm years. But the point is you're going to have a wide spectrum. And if you're, if you're coming from a place like Florida or anywhere in the South, you know, you're going to, you're going to probably be better off in the, that, that warmer weather and, you know, cooler weather is probably going to feel a little colder to, to you than most, but it's still going to be very beneficial because if you've trained in the warm and you get the benefits of the cool, you'll still have the heat adaptations that are going to make you a better runner anyway. Right. And so uh, if you're coming from a cold region and it's warm, it's it's a much different story, right? It's like like we were talking about last night. You in the spring, sixty degrees is shorts weather. In the fall, sixty degrees is sweater weather, right? So there's a big difference between that timing because you get a sixty degree day and you're used to it being below freezing. That's a pretty big shock to the system, and then and that's where you see a lot of people will will struggle with it if you get a if you get a pretty warm day. Um, so it's huge. So but the, the bottom line is you have to be ready for that heat acclimation. So this is really for the people who are training through the cold, snow and all that good stuff over the course of the winter. 
and you just don't have a lot of days between, you know, even March and the mid-April, you only have six weeks there, you still don't get a lot of warm days. Uh, you'll get a day here and there that's pretty warm, but then you'll get another day that's just as cold, right? And so you don't really get that full heat acclimation, um, even for a moderately warm day that's, you know, if you were running that in in May or June, you'd feel like it would be an amazing day, but in April, it's just a really warm day, much warmer than you're used to. So we have to be ready for that. And the question is, how do we become ready for that? And so just real quick, I think some of it we've talked about before is, you know, having a, a good relationship with the treadmill. And, it, you know, as much as people want to push back on that, it is an easy source to get some sort of heat acclimation on a regular basis because you can always control the environment. Um, you know, even if you're in a gym, it's going to be warmer. It's going to be in the 60s in there. Uh, you're surrounded by your own uh, humidity that you're creating on the on the treadmill. It's not moving anywhere because you're standing there. Um, and so it's a good source, right? It's a good source to get some heat acclimation. And then if you really wanted to, you could overdress a little bit on there and stuff like that. But um, it's a good it's a good simple source to take advantage of on a, on a regular basis. Uh, the second thing would be sauna or hot tub after a cold run. Uh, this has been shown to be beneficial. Same thing with a hot shower immediately following a run. You can we've, we've been able to show that you can get some of the heat acclimation benefits, but obviously you want to be really careful here. Like if you have blood pressure issues or anything like that, you probably don't want to do that. You probably want to you probably want to do something where uh, you're not standing up in the shower after uh, 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 after a run and getting into a hot shower. Like you could just throw a lot of that a lot of that stuff off. So you want to be really really careful with that, but those are those are options. And then the fourth one would be overdressing during the day. Uh, make sure you're hot, but not during the exercise, right? You're going to be warm during the exercise if you're overdressing for that. But mainly we want to be in a fairly warm environment and overdress for that environment, but not necessarily exerting a lot of physical activity. But we can we can springboard some of those heat acclimation benefits. Um, you know, is it going to be perfect? Probably not, but it's something that is better than nothing. But in any case, we will be discussing all these options in depth, much more in depth than this in, during our Boston Marathon training group. This is going to start December 4th, 2023. I really hope you enjoyed us. Uh, I will leave the link to the uh, all the information and the sign up in the blog post in the description for the, for the video. So uh, be sure to check that out. Hopefully we can get you in the group and uh, benefit with the, uh, the coaching in the community aspect that we will be providing. It's always a good time for those who join uh, on a yearly basis. So, all right, quick one today, but think about that as you're planning your training and uh, be sure to check us out for the uh, Boston Marathon training group. So, all right, I will talk to you later. See ya.